filibuster is supported through patreon by listeners like you check us out at patreon.com slash filibuster we also get support from the ehrlich law office discrimination wage and litigation solutions for the district of columbia and northern virginia they handle workplace discrimination non-competition and non-solicitation litigation civil rights and a whole lot more for a free consultation go to ehrlichlawoffice.com slash filibuster Saturday night, I took um, my five-year-old daughter to the Nats game. Uh, her best friend's mom had a free ticket uh, or a couple free tickets and offered them to us. So we went. I missed the the Gold Cup game as a result of this. And uh, it ended up working because a, a guy two rows in front of me had a, a DC United Mitchell and Ness hat on. Um, and and we got to, to talking because I was wearing a DC United shirt at the game. There were actually, I saw a few. DC United hats and jerseys, which was kind of cool to see at not a DC United game. Uh, and and later in the game, he starts streaming the Gold Cup, and so I got to watch the dam break and and all these goals. And and he pulled it up just in time for for Jassy Zardes's first goal, um, and and turned around to me and shouted back, uh, "We scored again! It was Zardes!" And I, my first thought, as I think most people's were, was, "Did he do it on purpose?" And so I asked him, and he's like, yeah, yeah, this one he did. Which is interesting because I was at the Spirit game during um, the, uh, apparently the Gold Cup is continuing. I feel like they should cancel it um, just so that Ariola could come back to D.C. Specifically for that reason and that reason alone. Um, I'm with it. The, the entire <sighs> tournament should be abandoned. But anyway, um, after we did our media availability, which was a little delayed because we had... Um, there were mul- actually two different ceremonies during the course of the night for Joanna Loman's retirement, which was pretty cool. Um, but once we finished up talking to players, talking to coaches, um, we get up to the press box and I believe uh, Emily Olson um, was checking the score because she was there covering the game for Pro Soccer USA. And she was like, oh, it looks like um, Ariola scored and I was like oh that's good uh what goal is it and she's like oh they're on like five or six at this point I can't even keep track uh Zardes scored uh at some point and then all of a sudden the game broke open and Kim McCauley who's been on the show before immediately said was it on purpose or accidental <laughs> um and so we had to find the first Zardes goal amongst the goal gifts to figure out whether it was in a another face goal or what have you um I guess this I'm, one in, wasn't I'm the feeling pretty goal, good if I'm feeling pretty good about myself if I'm making the same jokes as Kim. So that I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good about myself. Can I have, can I have 20 seconds about the gold cup? Go. We've already wasted 10 of them. All right, cool. Um, this gold cup break and is that was ridiculous. On the gold it, cup. Yeah. It, this gold cup break is ridiculous. It didn't actually uh, save any time for any teams and, now we're just going to continue in MLS and people will still be people like Paul Ariola will still be gone. And I hate it and cancel the gold cup and bring Paul Ariola back to DC United. The end. Okay. <laughs> hey, Hey, welcome in. This is filibuster, the black and red United and apparently anti gold cup podcast. Um, I'm, I'm yep. comfortable with that. I'm Adam Taylor. <laughs> Uh, joined as always by by Jason the Zucchini Anderson and Ben 
needs a nickname, Bromley. Uh, we're all from blackandredunited.com. We talk about soccer. That's what we're doing tonight. DC United lost in the Open Cup last Wednesday to NYCFC. We're going to talk about that. Uh, they also host Orlando back in MLS play now that this quasi Gold Cup break is over. And, and some teams didn't even take a Stupid. break. Some teams just kept playing. Uh, so anyway, the stupid break that wasn't a break is is over and, and MLS play resumes in earnest this week. DC United hosts Orlando will at least not at that game before opening up the Twitter box and answering your questions. Before we do anything, though, Benjamin, what are you drinking tonight? I am drinking an alcoholic Arnold Palmer. We got uh, we brewed some iced tea. We uh, brewed some Dollar twenty nine Publix lemonade, and I, I mix that all together and is put some vodka right, in it. Is brew the right verb for yes, lemonade? I want. It is. I want to ruin yes, on this, Adam. Adam, <laughs> it is. Is it you though? Got, you got to live with this one, Adam. <laughs> Two against one. All lemonade right. is brewed because <laughs> Ben said it, and it's funny. <laughs> I'm not, not going to engage with the process of how lemonade is made. It just it's brewed, and that's the end of it. All right. I've been outvoted. <laughs> Seems to happen a lot. Anyway, vodka, Ben? Yeah, it was uh, Svedka vodka because it was on sale and cheaper than Smirnoff. Okay. Svedka is better than Smirnoff, in my opinion. So anytime the price is even close, you should go with Svedka. Yeah, uh, at, at the Virginia ABC stores, uh, Svedka is a dollar more expensive than Smirnoff usually, but okay. it's on sale this month, and it is uh, $3 off its normal price, a.k.a. Oh. $2 cheaper than Smirnoff. Yeah, I would, I would pay the extra dollar normally anyway without batting an eye. Um, I'm not really, I don't really like Smirnoff, I guess is really what I'm getting at. Um, That's fair. Yeah. This podcast is turning into the opposite of my favorite things. It's just things Smirnoff. we're not happy with. Smirnoff, if you want to sponsor the podcast, I'm willing to reconsider my opinion. <laughs> uh, I, I am happy with my choice of beverage. I'm drinking Flying Dogs Thunder Peel Hazy IPA. Um, I know hazy IPAs are super trendy and whatever right now, but it's it's a tasty beer and I like it. So. In the words of Sam Kerr, suck on that. Uh, <laughs> Jason, what are you drinking? Uh, I went to uh, the local liquor store. Not really sure. I wanted beer. I wasn't really sure what I wanted. I wandered around kind of aimlessly, as I bet our listeners are probably not surprised to hear. That happens to me a lot. Um, but eventually, I started noticing that Devil's Backbone had started very recently, apparently, uh, supplying this store with the like suitcase-style 15-can uh, case. Oh and yeah! So I started uh, scanning those, and their price on uh, Devil's Backbone Vienna Lager was like fifteen dollars for the the case, which is a pretty good price. So I bought fifteen cans of uh, Devil's Backbone Vienna Lager, and now I'm having one of them. Vienna Lager is like excellent. It, it's like a super Yingling. Like it's way better than Yingling yeah. in the same uh, in the same vein. I've been kind of in a lager mood lately. Um, maybe it's it has been hot. Yeah, and, and it's been kind of a like I don't really feel like a pilsner, and I'm still kind of having a reaction to the uh, drowning of the beer market in IPAs. Um, so the combination right. of those things is like, well, lager is good. I'm gonna keep trying to find a lager if I can. And um, yeah, I've been I've been in a lager and Kolsch mood recently. Okay, I had a Goza. Um, I think yep. I had it on the show though. Um, so those are good too. Yeah, 
I like Gozas. We are pro Goza. We found something we all agree is actually good, not just pro Goza anti Shandy. Yes, don't come yes. on this show with a Shandy. Yes, anyone who's listened to this show the should know is, that. That's it's not just for our sake. Like we we will be unhappy to hear about it, but also everyone that has brought a Shandy onto the show, it's immediately gone badly for them. Um, like they've immediately been like, I've never had this Shandy. I'm going to try it. Oh, it's terrible. Um, the first time I think it was, it was Sebi Salazar who got up and left to get another beer. Yes. Because paused the show so he could get a different drink because his Shandy that he was trying out was that bad. I, I can't remember what kind it was, but just in general, avoid them. That PSA out of the way, uh, DC United, had the lead on Wednesday night at Audi Field uh, over NYCFC in the round of 16 of the U.S. Open Cup, but they gave up two goals in quick succession. Tell me if you've heard that one before and crashed out of the tournament two to one on the night. Uh, NYC goes on to play Orlando next month, um, which is coincidentally DC United's next opponent. That's neither here nor there. Um, Hard to call this an unfair result, Jason. Uh, yeah, DC deserved to lose the game. Um, I thought maybe at the time they scored their goal, I thought the game was pretty even. Um, that maybe 0-0 was a, a more ref- uh, honest reflection. Um, but from the moment DC took the lead to the end of the game, they were the inferior team. Um, they were outplayed pretty much all over the field. I mean, it seemed like NYCFC came with a, a plan. It wasn't the plan that they came down here with um, back in April where they played, uh, they specifically changed into a five, three, two. Um, and um, Dome Torrent said that extra defender was specifically to track runners off of uh, Rooney. Um, this time they didn't have, they literally, they had four defenders uh, available. So they did not play a f- fifth defender who wasn't. Um, they played a, d- a different way. They weren't as conservative um, but they still seemed to know what DC was trying to do a lot of the time faster than DC was fully forming their plans. Um, when you throw in some pretty anonymous attacking performances, I'm mostly thinking of Lucas Rodriguez here um, because I mean, we, we kind of, we've been harsh on Segura for good reason, but I thought Segura had a hand in DC, most of DC's decent chances for a lot of the game, um, not that they had many, but he was involved with more of them uh, than most. Um, I thought Lucho was really busy and was trying his best and then ran out of gas. Um, whereas Rodriguez just, he kept, he didn't turn the ball over. He wasn't giving it away. He just wasn't doing anything with it. Um, and it made it really easy for NYCFC who otherwise used possession. They knocked the ball around. They ended up with um, 57% of the possession on the night, even though they were winning for most of the game. So you know, normally in game states, the team that's been behind them in possession at home would tend to um, dominate in that category, but they used the ball really well. I thought NYCFC looked really good. Um, I was very impressed with them, um, but I was equally disheartened, quite frankly, with DC's performance. Yeah, the the fight back we saw when when Philly scored last week wasn't there. It, the the team never and and this is something we'll we'll get to during the twitter box the team just never got into the right gear they they couldn't figure it out and i i'm not entirely certain why in this particular game that was um 
I, I looking at the starting lineup, I really would have liked to see Griffin Yao out there the way he's been playing. Um, yep. Getting him more minutes would have been awesome. I probably would have put him in for Segura, which doesn't solve the the TT problem, but you could have pulled TT earlier than you did if you're Ben Olsen, put, put Yao out there to try to make a difference. But in the end, just the, the team wasn't, I don't know. They 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 weren't well, there in the right place mentally. It seemed like. Oh well, yeah, and as I, the game I went think, on. I think part of it is, and th- they didn't have the uh, people to really do much with this. But uh, Chris Durkin and um, Antonio Bustamante just didn't have the the right feel in central midfield, and it, it just wasn't clicking for them. And uh, we know Durkin can play really great. Uh, we know that in the U20 world cup. And since he has not played so great and he's got to figure that out and together, they, they just weren't the, the players that we need that this team needs uh, in central midfield. And there wasn't anything else to be done really. I mean, the other options are Chris McCann uh, or uh, Russell Knauss, who didn't have the legs to go 90 minutes, didn't even have the legs to go 60 minutes by, uh, what Ben Olsen said because he was trying to save him uh, in case it went to extra time. And so the fact that the central midfield just wasn't clicking properly was also a large part of why this team just couldn't figure it out. Yeah. I mean, Ben, Ben makes a really good point. Um, I think uh, Bustamante and Durkin, I think they kind of both want to do the same thing as a, as a defensive midfielder uh, pairing. They both want to be the guy that's on the ball more. Um, and be maybe doing less of the running around, making tackles, having to peel out wide to confront someone in transition, things like that. I think they both want to be more that stay-at-home guy. Um, I think they would both have been better off partner with Canals. And I know from watching the warm-ups at halftime, I tweeted out from the site account that um, United sent Canals out. He Right at the start of halftime, he jogged over to the um, the spare jerseys are all on the bench because players expect that's where they're going to put their jersey on right before they go in. But they said, um, we're probably going to put you in, go get your jersey. So he went over, got his jersey, went through a more intense warm up, And then uh, Zach Thornton came up out of the locker room and things there was, it was an ongoing discussion, obviously, and they had changed their minds and decided to go a different way. Um, and I think if they'd been able to bring him in at halftime, they might have been able to turn the game. Um, but by the 70th minute, NYCFC is passing the, uh, just keeping the ball. It's kind of discouraging. Um, when you're down, you're losing at home and you can't get a hold of the ball. It, nothing is more likely to take the wind out of your sails um, than, than just chasing and chasing at home and, and not getting any traction. Um, and I did agree that Canals improved uh, United when he came in, but I think it was too far gone at that point. Um, yeah. I, I also think that um, the third sub being uh, Yao in the 88th minute, that should have been earlier. Far too um, late. Yeah, that in all honesty, the way the game was going, you could have made a double sub in the 70th minute because it's a cup match. You know you have to get something um, to get back into it. It just seemed, it seemed like it took too long. Um, and and some of that is, I'm sure, faith in Rodriguez's ability because we've seen, you know, I still maintain that his two goals this year are two of the best five or six goals in all of MLS this entire year. Um, right. It's just that he's only got the two goals. Um, 
and he's right. only got like two assists. Like the the end product hasn't been there for a while now. Um, and in this game, I, I never actually looked at his final um, passing chart, but I know at one point he had like two turnover or two, yeah, two missed passes for the entire game. It's just that there isn't a lot of danger in that passing map. It's mostly, you know, he gets the ball and makes a short pass or it's a sideways pass or something like that. There's no key passes in there. Um, when he decides to be aggressive and take guys on and, and combine in the final third, he can be really dangerous. And we we've seen that not just in the goals, but he doesn't get in those positions with the ball nearly enough. And he's, and it's happening. I think it's happening more as the season's going on Mm because I think he's kind of getting discouraged um, that things just aren't happening for him. Um, So this was a game where he only attempted three dribbles. He only succeeded at one. He drew two fouls. He didn't even have that many defensive actions, which is pretty surprising because that's, that's been a part of his game that has been good. Um, Mm -hmm. But he wasn't even that able to, um, you know, he, maybe he more than, and most of the attack was chasing the game. And so he's not able to even, you know, win some balls or, or get some recoveries or, or contribute. It's, you know, when you're having a tough night as a player and you can't even find a single way to contribute and you know, you know, I think the effort was there. I think for the whole team, the effort was there. Um, but when the effort is there and you still can't make a difference, it is tough mentally to stay engaged. And I think that that's kind of where this game went. And then that's kind of, that's kind of why it's so disheartening because we can't say, um, Oh, there was a major tactical error or, Oh, this player had a terrible game. And that's why it's like, well, everyone gave it a good, a real sincere effort, but there just wasn't quite enough. It wasn't quite good enough to do much to trouble NYCFC for the last hour of the game. I wonder if we will see Griffin Yao start on Wednesday against Orlando, possibly in place of Rodriguez instead of Segura, especially since Ariola is still gone with the national team. And don't forget. There's also TFC very quickly. Yeah. There, um, there's a Saturday turnaround. That's right. Yeah. So the, the, the possibility of bringing in Yao for one of those two games, I think it has to be on the table because whether or not he's experienced and he comes into games and he is fearless, he's always so busy that maybe they could use some of that. I mean, it's either him or bring Stieber out of the doghouse uh, and and put him on the field. But uh, it seems more likely than not that they're going to try and sell him this summer. So it it just doubles down on Yao. Jason, I know you said that there wasn't one player who who's glaring errors um, decided this game, but I I'm going to pick on one player for a little bit because watching the the highlights of the game afterward um his mistake on the first goal i think was was pretty bad and that's Briant, who committed the same error that got ethan white shipped out of dc forever <laughs> um and and that's chasing uh, a player off the back line deep into midfield and just opening up a passing lane and that's that's the lane that matrita ran through uh, really, really drove a double wide trailer through uh, to to set up the first goal or to score the first goal. Um, and Briant just he he's somebody who who also hasn't been performing to the standard I think we would want to see from him this year. Um, there there have been a few errors that have cost goals uh, over the course of this year from him, and he's he. He's I, I 
Well, I, I think I'm, I'm just going to say it. I, I want to see him out of the starting 11, especially with Donovan Pines getting healthy and, mm-hmm. and being the young hope that we all want to see blossom and, and zoom up to his, his very lofty ceiling. And we want to see it now. And I understand that that might not happen, but I'm kind of mad at Briant right now. Well, on that first goal, um, I mean, Briant's definitely a part, uh, a big part of why the goal scored. But for me, I'm more concerned with the fact that if you go ahead and watch that replay, if you look at the, where it starts, uh, actually the replay on here doesn't appear to go back to um, how Keaton Parks gets on the ball. Um, DC has a free kick. Uh, Rooney's out on the wing. He floats it in. He doesn't really deliver it that well. Brad Stuver catches it, rolls it out to Alex Ring, um, who isn't really under any pressure. So he looks up, he plays the ball to Parks, and Parks gets on the ball, and no one from DC, like Lucho is filling the forward channel. Segura is tracking back, I guess, from being in the box to try and fill in the 10 spot. Um, Rooney's still out wide from taking the free kick. Rodriguez is out on the left. He's not really engaged. No one from Bustamante and Durkin, they just stand and they really do just hold a position. Um, Bustamante at the last second sort of takes a step like he's going to confront Parks, but Parks at that point is already swinging his leg to deliver the pass. Um, you cannot do this. Uh, DC was keeping a higher line and not pressing the ball at all. Not, it wasn't yeah. even token pressure. It was, I could have hit this pass and I'm not even saying that hyperbolically. Um, this was all the time in the world and professional soccer. You don't see this very often. Um, it was just a complete midfield structural letdown. Um, I see that MLS soccer tagged This as a brilliant Keaton parks through ball. I don't know about that one. Um, this was more, you know, you can hit Did this they mean pass. Jason Anderson. Ball? I can hit a brilliant. No, I can't. Ben, ben Stoke was better. Cannot. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, this was, yes, uh, Briant definitely uh, bites on a fairly standard move from Hebert. Hebert just checks to the ball in hopes that um, Briant will will follow him. And Mitritza, to his credit, sort of backed off of Joseph Mora, or I'm sorry, off of um, Leo Hara, so he had more room to run without getting a body on him. Um, but, yeah, this is a really bad seri- series of plays from Briant and from the midfield and attack, especially, you know, the defensive midfield Rodriguez could have tucked in and helped. He should have seen that this wasn't going to work, that Segura wasn't going to get there in time. And he should have tucked in because if he gives away the wing, so be it. You're giving away the wing. You're not giving away Mitrita walking in on goal by himself. Um, so yeah, this was a goal that um, I think when United goes to review this in film, there's going to be a lot of people looking down at the floor, not wanting to be seen because, this was about as bad of a goal as they've given up all year. It was pretty terrible. I kind of actually had blocked it out of my mind over the weekend because I had other stuff going <laughs> on. Um, but yeah, this goal sucked. This is not a goal you can give up if you're going to do anything this year. Anything else on on this game that you guys want to to talk about? Any any repressed memories you want to dig up? <laughs> um, I think the one thing that I'll throw in. And it's more, it's not really about this game. It's more theoretical now that we've brought up the prospect of Pines stepping back in. Um, I think that one one of the things we haven't really discussed about Pines that um, will really help this team is the fact that if you have Pines back there, 
it's now not just Joseph Mora as the one guy with recovery speed. So now mm-hmm. Leo Hara can start to take more chances and get in better attacking spots because he knows he's got someone fast enough to recover. Um, whereas right now with Briant, that just isn't the case. It, it doesn't matter how intelligent Briant is um, reading the game. He just can't cover that ground that fast. Um, whereas Donovan Pines might be the fastest guy on the entire team. Um, that is a huge difference. And I think it could make a difference at both ends of the field. It's not just about improving the defense. It's about just like how Mora makes the attack more dangerous. You, if you get Leo Hara further up the field with, um, more security and less of a, oh, I can't stay up this high because I have to get, I have to be worried about the possibility of this attack not working. Now, all of a sudden the attack has a really smart passer of the ball in dangerous spots doing what he does best. So I think it kind of has to happen. It's just a matter of, you know, how healthy is Pines? Is he ready to play 90 on Wednesday? Does he need a few more days? I hope Does to he find need out. a couple games in Loudoun. Yeah. Um, I was hoping you know, that the team isn't having open training until after the Wednesday game. Um, I was kind of hoping to go and look into this, but I won't, I guess we won't find out about Wednesday until Wednesday. All right. Speaking of Wednesday, DC United returns to MLS play this Wednesday night against the visiting Orlando City Purple Lions, who are, are currently one point outside of a playoff spot in MLS's Eastern Conference. They are also, I mentioned earlier, on to the quarterfinals of the U.S. Open Cup, where they'll host NYCFC next month. Um, Can they both lose? I don't think that that's allowed but but i do want to point out that if the season ended today being in the quarterfinals of the u.s open cup and one point only one point outside of a playoff spot would probably be i think orlando city's best ever season so congratulations to them (laughs) on on their best performance ever thus far this year you know it's also galling since we're talking about the quarterfinals of the open cup it's a fairly easy path, in my opinion, to get to the final. Now, the final is almost certainly going to be against LAFC, um, which means it's pretty difficult to win it. But I would rather have a path to the final uh, than not. And it's it's it always it always grates on me when DC goes out of the Open Cup, no matter what round it is. But I'm looking at this, and I just there's not a lot of quality in the tournament outside outside of LAFC. It's not a very good field. Um, well, especially since DC United beat the the like one o- other okay team, right? They well, knocked the Union I mean, out. NYCFC is doing better, and Atlanta are doing sure, better. But, they, but DC, if DC had advanced, NYCFC would be out. Yeah, that's true. Um, and Atlanta, I think, is still pretty beatable. Um, Orlando is Orlando. Yeah, there are two USL teams in the field. Minnesota is still in there. They're not that good. I don't think the Timbers are very good, especially if they have to go on the road anywhere. Um, this tournament was, it's not there for the taking because LAFC is that much better than everyone else, but it's frustrating to not even have a shot at it because this this wasn't like a murderer's row of teams. It's not like the best teams in MLS all advanced to the final eight. Um, like I said, Orlando, Minnesota, it's winnable. It and feels like the playoffs last year where yeah. it was there. It was there to be had. And, yeah. and they, they, they couldn't get it done. No, and, and it's not, it's not, at least we don't have like an uh, uh, Andre Hino situation where um, DC United was screwed. It's just they lost to a better team and it sucks. 
Yes. And we will not. It is the official policy of this podcast never to forget or forgive Andre Hano. Never. For for uh, surviving. It was a red card. card. And it wasn't even called a foul. And it should have been a red card. And then he scored. uh, Still mad. This was seven years ago. And I'm still mad about it. I think that was the first year we had this show. We're all old because we we all still remember it. I feel like (laughs) at least half of our listeners probably don't even know about that. And I can't even blame them for it, honestly. I mean, oh, man. Anyway, DC United, Orlando City, Wednesday night, 8 p.m. kickoff, Audi Field, Buzzard Point. If you can't make it there, watch it on Flow Sports or if you're outside of the... the Go yell at the Purple Lions. I still still hate Orlando City. Go yell at them. If you're outside of the blackout radius, it'll be on ESPN+. So watch the game wherever you are. If you're at Audi Field, watch it. If you're not at Audi Field, watch it. I think that's it for for this segment. We will be right back with a, a Twitter box segment to answer your questions. Stick around. It's filibuster. Hey, Ben, um, you wouldn't say this is a hostile work environment, would you? You can tell uh, me. Depends. I mean, well, I should ask you. I mean, is are goats hostile? Uh, I think goats are, are hostile. I think that they are secretly trying to take over the world. But but if this were a hostile work environment, or if I were trying to steal your wages, or or do something else oh, nefarious, in a, I'm really not. Uh, but in a workplace environment, you know who to call, right? Because you live in the District of Columbia or Northern Virginia. I, I do. It's the Ehrlich Law Office. It is the Ehrlich Law Office. Uh, they they offer discrimination, wage, and litigation solutions in Northern Virginia and the District of Columbia, which means I can totally create a hostile work environment for Jason. Except, no, he, they, they wouldn't want me to say that. That would be bad. I do not want to create a hostile work environment for anyone. But Jason couldn't call them nonetheless because he lives in Maryland. Sorry, Jason. I'll fight my way through this. All right. <laughs> Uh, they handle workplace discrimination, wage theft, uh, non-compete clauses, and uh, non-solicitation litigation. They handle civil rights and government takings and disability and education law. They handle a lot of things. And if you are interested in a free consultation, head to ehrlichlawoffice.com slash filibuster. Welcome back to Filibuster, the Black and Red United podcast. Every now and again, we like to uh, solicit questions on Twitter and and open it up, and we call it our Twitter box segment, and that's what we're doing right now. Um, we we uh, we got a question here from a frequent guest on the show, who whose name is Matt Doyle. You might know him as the Armchair Analyst over at MLSSoccer.com. Follow him on Twitter at Matt Doyle seventy six if you're not already. He's He's a good Twitter follow. Uh, and, and I say that as someone who is very not online. Matt Doyle's a good Twitter follow. Well, then why should we uh, believe you? Because I'm very discerning. I don't consume all of the internet. I only consume the choicest bits of internet. Jason, as the most online, what, what is your opinion? Uh, Adam didn't even know about Large Adult Sun, so... <laughs> Personally, I don't, I don't think he's necessarily as discerning as he believes he is. But Matt Doyle is still a good follow, regardless of bad opinions. Yeah, that part. I don't miss things. I'm saying. You said you were only only followed the most. uh, I can't remember what you said, and you just said it. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) 
this is great. We are obviously among the most whatever parts of the internet right now. Um, Doyle asks us, why is their body language so bad? Uh, why do they all move like they're stuck in second gear? What is missing from DC United? And it's it's a good question. The team collectively can't get out of second gear. It's not like they're tripping over their own feet or anything, but they aren't in the same mode they were at the end of last year where they are just killing teams. Um, I think you guys you guys talked about Russell Knauss in the last segment, and I think he might... He, his absence for part of the year and um, not quite playing up to his ceiling for other parts of the season so far have been part of this. The, I, I think there needs to be a ball winner in central midfield who's who's being successful at winning the ball for, for this team to do what they need to do. Um, and I think injuries and positional swapping has, has hurt the team tactically, but I... I I don't know why their body language is isn't all that positive, especially with Wayne Rooney really trying to pull everybody along with him. I, I don't know what's wrong. I mean, for me, I, I'm I've never been, and I'm not implying that that Matt is being this either. Um, I'm kind of negative towards trying to read too much into anyone's body language uh, when we watch them in games. Um, I think some of it right now, um, some of that, some of the reason that, that it might look that way is that I think the effort is there. I think they know the effort has been there. Um, it's not working like it should, because I think the players also know that it should be better than it is. Um, if this were a locker room that were falling apart, we probably have already seen, um, major infighting or, players yelling at the coach or whatever. We, we did have that Ariola Acosta argument, but they said it was just, you know, it was an argument, but then they settled it and it's over. Um, we haven't had anything else. There's been no stories of people getting into fights at practice, none of that stuff. So I think the team is together. I think they're trying. It's not working out right now on the soccer side. And I think it's kind of discouraging um, as far as why it's not working on the soccer side. I think, can out, you know, having canals in and out of the lineup is a factor. Um, we've talked about, written about, and talked about some more. Um, Ariola needing to be on the wing. Um, that actually goes not just towards movement, but towards bite. Um, I think he adds something uh, to the midfield that isn't there otherwise. Um, not just off the ball, but also that ability to win some balls, be a little more, um, just that quickness to get into those challenges that maybe the other guys don't have. Um, I think if anything, Lucho in the last few games has lifted his play a bit, not enough, obviously not enough to, um, you know, him and Rooney, if they're both playing at a high level, they can kind of offset a lot of this and paper it over. Um, and we're not, we're not at that point. Um, I think Rooney's doing fine. Um, I think they're not getting enough from the supporting cast, um, be it the right winger that isn't Ariola, whether it's Segura, um, Stieber's gotten a couple minutes. Uh, Yao hasn't really gotten enough minutes, most likely, because I think he is the kind of guy that could sort of um, stand in for Ariola a little more. I think there's a big similarity between those two in how they play. Um, it's Rodriguez, almost like somebody on this podcast wrote an article about that. Yeah, it sounds it sounds familiar. <laughs> um, but like you know, Rodriguez has been 
I actually had the thought while I was eating dinner tonight that Rodriguez has been over the course of the season, he's been drifting more and more into a Nick DeLeon on the wing kind of mood where he doesn't turn the ball over. He doesn't really play badly, but he's not quite influencing play enough to really be up there and really cause problems. Um, but I, I think some of it too, and you know, I, I cheated and read the question beforehand. Um, so I know that when you think of DC stars, you think of Rooney and Acosta, and then you think of the supporting cast and you're thinking of guys like Ariola, Canals, Junior Moreno, and Joseph Mora. Those four players haven't been on the field for one minute together since March 31st, since the moment that Joseph Mora was subbed off after having his jaw broken in Orlando. I think that's a big part of it. Um, and I also think that the fact that now that's we're close to the date where they'll all be back. If things don't turn around when that happens, if you get those four guys on with everyone else and it, you don't see a major improvement, then you should start being worried about this team. Um, but I think right now they're in a they're in a rut um, and they could use some sort of surprise, some sort of jolt, something to get them going a little bit. I think starting Griffin Yao for a game might qualify as that. I think it might be kind of a um, uh, just enough of a shock to some of the other guys that they might up their play a little bit or at least um, double down in training. Um, I think getting Pines out there will improve the team in general. I don't think that's a jolt the team loose thing, but I think that could make things better. But yeah, I think right now it's mostly just the soccer side hasn't been good enough and they're frustrated and it's tough to when you're drifting through a season and you're frustrated, the coaching staff hasn't quite found a way they've tried some things. None of it has quite shaken things loose. Um, it, it starts to to weigh on you a little bit. And yeah, just piggybacking off of that, just to, to hone in on something like when DC United was really good at the end of last year, it was a lot of Rooney and uh, Acosta, but it was also junior Moreno and Russell Canals. uh, playing excellently and it's been a while since they've been together and been together playing excellently. So once uh, Canals comes back from injury, once Moreno is back from the Copa America, if we get those two back together and playing at the level that they can, at the level they are playing at the end of last year, at the level they are playing in March, even um, hopefully that can help spark everybody else around them and, and continue the team uh, back to where we hope they can be. Yeah. I'm optimistic or cautiously optimistic and and hopeful that that will be the case because central midfield we've talked about before is, is a platform position on the field. It's if you can control things there, everything else flows better. Everything else works better. Even if you're not controlling it, if you're just, solid there it it works a lot better and the better you are there the the results just keep flowing to everywhere else on the field and last year united won everything at the end of the year in central midfield they were they were dominating that part of the field and they're not right now and so hopefully once hopefully they do reassert that and once they do we start seeing them play like they did at the end of last year and against atlanta and uh rsl at the beginning of this year Next question from listener John Lee at JT Lee zero three on Twitter asks us at filibuster DCU. What is the one thing you would change about Audi field to make it that much better for the fans? 
Well, I can't really give and, a good answer because I go to the media. I go to the press box. Yeah, I haven't so, been as a fan yet. So um, my experience is pretty different at this point. Yeah, mine, I, I, I attend as a fan, um, usually with my family. So I have a, a pretty family-centric focus. And there, there are a lot of little things I would change, and most of them are on the way. Um, we sit just around the corner from the supporters, and, and I want the supporters to have what they need because that is where the, the atmosphere begins in, in any soccer stadium and in, in this fan base in particular, the supporters are the, the core and you need to do right by them and getting them safe standing and uh, a way to rig TIFO would be awesome. Safe standing is a must and, and we've heard it's on the way. Uh, finishing the roof panels that are over my seats so that I don't get rained on would be really nice personally. <laughs> um, I, I'd also like to see a, a couple more uh ways to involve young fans um, and to engage them, I guess, in the concourses. There are, there's not a lot of space, but there are a couple of dead spaces, uh, especially in the southeast corner of the stadium um, that, that I think could be used better for, for something, whether it's foot tennis or, or something to engage young fans and let them do something when the game's not happening. I would really like to see that. Um, but for, for my kids anyway, uh, seeing talent and watching the supporters and watching the game are really all they need for most of the time. But there, so there's not really a lot because I'm, I'm in Jason's vein as a, uh, as somebody watching the game as a fan at the stadium, I want to watch the game and I want to be a part of this atmosphere. And those are pretty great right now, to be honest. Um, so, uh, there, there are a few little things. So, uh, I- I will confess, I've not been to Audi Field yet. I, I am, I am a uh, hundred miles away from Audi Field and just haven't been able to make it there yet with it with a toddler. But uh, so, speaking as someone who primarily watches on uh, television, uh, however you decide to interpret television, they got to do some screens, some sunblock, something to block the sun out of the the camera angles because the the uh at the nycfc game it was bad it was it was like jj abrams uh uh uh, uh, lens flares throughout most of the game and it was very noticeable and and very annoying and they've got to do something to uh block that out so that would be my main uh hope for uh, Audi field is something that they can block the sun out of the camera angles. I I would like to second Ben on that because I stare into the sun if the sun's out uh, and they play a game at seven o'clock instead of eight, um, which means I'm having to like cycle through either um, wearing my with his human eyes. Yeah. So I'm, I'm squinting the whole time or, um, I wear glasses. I, I'm okay at seeing things, but you know, I'm trying to be specific because we're putting an article out at the end of the game. So um, it's better for me if I'm not, I don't have prescription sunglasses because I'm cheap. Um, so I have cheap throwaway sunglasses. Um, so those reasons are partially my fault, but also, you know, help me out here. Don't make me stare at the sun. Um, I guess the other thing that I 
throw into all of this is that a lot of the the hallways and and stairwells and tunnels and all that stuff there's not a lot of stuff on the walls at all there's no like um there's no signs that it just it looks like the stadium still is under construction in a lot of spots that's wild because um, rfk was wallpapered in historical photographs and memorabilia and they they had a custom like history of dc united shirts through time right uh put together on the wall at one point. And, and I know that, you know, I know that the club has, um, is still doing work on the stadium. Um, but I'd like to see it accelerate a little bit because, um, if you sit on the side of the stadium, near the press box. If you're taking that same stairwell, because that's where your tickets happen to be. Um, you're probably going past some like exposed, um, pipes and, and ducts and whatnot. Um, some of it is just, you know, it looks unfinished. It doesn't look like it's done yet. And just finishing that stuff would be nice. It would feel a little more like home rather than the home that you aren't quite ready to move into yet. Um, yeah, so, you know, that's not going to happen anytime soon. I imagine because it's probably not too high on the list of priorities. Um, finishing a stairwell off is probably not going to supersede other major projects, but you know, since we're asking for stuff that we don't have any authority to uh, get to, to make happen, that's the thing I'd like to see. I live literally 50 yards from uh, an artist studio that, that houses at least a couple of uh, pretty prominent local muralists. Get one of them inside the stadium, set them loose on a wall. That would be pretty cool to me. Local art in the stadium. I'm here for it. Uh, and as a, as Going back to my family thing, I'm going to join you guys on the sun blocking technology apparatus, whatever, because that means they can have earlier kickoff times, which is better for families with young kids. I think what they need to do is build a Mr. Burns style um, sun blocking sphere or or, um, panel that comes up out of the sky and rotates in time with the sun to completely blot it out so that games can be played uh, against or without the enemy of the people, which is the sun. I mean, you know, we, yeah, since the beginning a major of time. defense contractor as <laughs> again, Ben's joke was better. Uh, we have a major defense contractor. If anyone is going to be able to block out the sun, it's probably them. Next question from uh, Mur at Mur M U R R D C U on Twitter asks us, what is the percent chance that Yamil Assad returns this summer? And what type of players should be brought in to liven up the attack. I don't have any reporting on Assad other than we speculation. Have no news, and there's no open, new news on Assad. 28.731%. I have hope and love that tells me it's 50.1%, but uh, that's, no. that, that's my, my warm and fuzzy speaking because I really want you Assad to come back. I, I, you know, I, I think I owe Rob Usry a, an apology uh, down at Dirty South Soccer because I taunted him some when we had Yamil Assad and he was very sad about Assad no longer being a part of Atlanta United. And uh, I now feel, I think, very precisely his feels. And they, they, it's not good. It's bad, fam. And, so and I want to. team isn't using him. Well, that's maybe the one piece of good news. 
yeah. um, is that Velez Sarsfield has not done anything to increase his value at all. Um, they've made it obvious that he's surplus to requirements for their, for whatever reason for them. So um, they might be more eager to offload him in a, in a similar vein to DC looking to offload Zoltan Stieber. Um, Ooh, can we just do a player for player? I was going to say, if you want to go galaxy brain, you can try and trade the players, um, which uh, I feel like given the difficulty of negotiating with Velez Sarsfield over money um, and the uncommon player trade across international borders is probably a far more difficult uh, obstacle. But it also requires both players yes. to sign contracts at the end of it. And I don't know if Zoltan so, Stieber is right. looking to move to an Argentine team. Most of the world want- has never heard. Do you think they want CMCR alum? The oh, newly retired CMCR alum? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably not. Um, <laughs> with all due respect. Do you have his rights? Like, I don't think. No. Don't need uh, any not, of that. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I mean, I think DC's probably going to try to get him, but I don't know if what the odds are. I have no idea because there's no new news on it. There's not even any new rumors or new whispers it's just the situation is what it's been we we yeah. know that olsen has said that they're going to bring in one to two people and he said will not want to well, and um, he also said it at least my memory of it is he he said at the beginning of the window like deals yeah, yeah it was implied that it was coming soon um which is I sure hope so we're at the end of june so the window is not far away i don't actually remember when the window opens um, I think the 9th of July. Yeah, when it, it's it opens. close. Um, it's really close. So um, we could be like two to three weeks from something happening. Um, I know from following Assad on Instagram that lately he has been posting uh, a French bulldog um, that he, he has uh, he's gotten at some point. So it's mostly photos of him and his dog or just his dog. Um, Did he happen to name the dog uh, Echeverry or El Diablo or... I don't uh, think he's posted a name. It's just, it's, just photos, it's just photos of the dog looking adorable. That really, that's all there is. Uh, yes, Asad the window does been, open July 9th. Um, Assad doesn't do too much in terms of writing on his social media posts. He just posts a photo of him grinning with a dog or um, him watching a soccer game. I don't think he does a lot of stuff. I think he's kind of, kind of a homebody. Um, I think he likes his dog and likes to watch soccer, and that's probably most of what he likes to do. If and when Yamil Assad comes back to DC United, we need to introduce his French bulldog to Wilma Jean Wrinkles, Rose Lavelle's Instagram. We're getting close to a full, like a dog 11, because Paul Ariola has a dog, Canals has a French bulldog. Um, so the dog, the dog numbers are increasing. Um, a couple of the other spirit players are fostering, uh, 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 I can't remember what kind of dog it is now. Um, I think it's a mutt. Um, so yeah, we've got, we're getting close to an ideal dog 11. So hopefully we can get there. That should be a major <laughs> goal for both of those organizations is to, um, get the players together and get assemble a really assemble a dog 11. Coaches are allowed to have like, dogs. Yeah. Why not? Should we do like I a dog 11 versus cat 11? If there are 11 cats, they don't have to be against each other, though. That seems like it could get really ugly really fast. Just on the soccer pitch. Might still get ugly in the exact same way. But, 
I'm sorry. Bring then you have a dog. You don't have to choose a side on team cats and dogs because you have both. But I have. I love my dog. All right. Next question. Uh, uh, this one looks back a little bit. Uh, it's from Paris or office who, who writes into a lot of our Twitter boxes. Thank, thank you for, for doing so at Lofus 89, uh, asks us if DC United starts Kanaus and Hamid, would they have topped NYCFC and should they have, um, Ben Olsen said that, that they were both dealing with relatively minor injuries that they didn't want to risk in, in the open cup. Um, because presumably their focus is, is on, getting into the playoffs and, and getting that fifth MLS cup. Um, but yeah, we, we talked about Canals. I, I see the argument for why um, he, he could have helped. Uh, and, and uh, at least on the, the first goal from NYCFC and actually both goals uh, were, were probably savable for Bill Hamid, if not for every keeper in the world, because Bill Hamid has, made ridiculous saves that not a lot of people can make. Um, but the first goal in particular, when, when sites comes off his line, he, he doesn't make himself as big as Bill Hamid traditionally does coming off his line to, to face a shot. Hamid just has this fearlessness where he throws his body in, into the shot and, and finds a way to, to affect it in a way that sites really didn't on that play. So I, I think you can make the argument, but I am also okay with preserving them because it's a long season and there's a lot of games coming up. And we don't know how, like we don't know how injured they are. Like Ben also wanted to keep uh Knaus out until well into the second half. He didn't even have 60 minutes into him. So I don't know about yeah, that. And like, but Bill Mead, like has had knocks here and there throughout his career. And so, who knows how hurt he is? I mean, hopefully he's not very hurt because I never want that, but we have no idea. So I'm good with keeping it, uh, like playing it slow, playing it cautious and, and, and just letting it, letting it happen. I mean, you know, the goal itself that we're talking about here, sites doesn't do his best. Certainly he doesn't do the best job coming out and making himself big, but um, we're talking about a guy who's clean through on goal. Um, so we're not talking about a major, we're not moving the needle very much on the savability of this shot. Hamid has a better chance of making the save, but I think it's actually more because he's faster off his line than sites is. Um, but I don't think it boosts it that much. Like if Hamid makes that save, it's not a small deal. It's a gigantic save. It's an unusual save, um, to be making. So I don't think it, I, yeah, I, I, I don't really think that sites has too much um it wasn't his best work but it's not the biggest he doesn't have anything to be ashamed of on that yeah it's not a terrible error and the second goal is a shot through traffic um he's screened on it um i don't think Hamid gets to the second one um yeah I, I don't think it raises dc's chances but the performance was bad enough that i don't think it raises them by enough that it was worth risking um further injury because we're, we're talking about um, Hamid's been dealing with a knee injury and I don't know if it's related, but he's had his meniscus removed in one of his knees. And so he's got a bone on bone situation. That's basically going to be pain management. Um, and you know, 
when you've got bone on bone, you're going to end up with some swelling from time to time. And that means possibly not being as mobile, not being as quick. So maybe he could have played, but maybe he wouldn't have been at his best because of this. So that's all speculation though. I just, all I know is that it's a knee injury that they are, you know, he was, they didn't have him trained at all on Monday. He was there, but he didn't train. Um, I think that was, uh, Emily Olson also reported that. So credit to her. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think it was worth the risk given that if, if he couldn't even participate in training on Monday, then it's definitely not worth it. Um, Canals's injury, I think I kind of wonder if they could have brought him in a little earlier. Um, but the worry about extra time was a good one because he's been out for a little bit. Um, you've got to worry not just about his knee, but you've also got to worry about well, he hasn't had that many games. So what if he pulls a muscle? Um, because that's what happens. It's a hot night. Um, you're, you've got a guy who is pretty explosive. Canals likes to cover ground quickly. So he's, he's sprinting more often than most guys. So there is a risk there. There's probably a reason why Olsen was willing to roll the dice on a player who has not played a second in MLS before. And then in the Philly game, we're talking about Leo Hara playing defensive midfield rather than taking the risk on, um, giving Canals to start there. So, um, I think it could have, that could have tilted the game. Um, I think his availability might've made them much better at, um, dealing with NYCFC and breaking up their possession, uh, being more difficult to play against, especially NYCFC had that three, four, three. So there were times where it would have been three on two in the midfield. Um, that definitely could have helped, but on the other hand, I am willing to, I don't think DC is punting on the open cup by not starting him. I think that they were looking at this and saying the chances of him being out for a while are increased. If he plays this game, it's not choosing the next league game over this cup game. It's just, yeah, he's a little, a little bit of a danger zone as far as um, being pushed too hard. So um, I'll trust them on that for now. I think the, you know, Johnny Northeast and the training staff, in my opinion, it seems like they're doing a good job. My opinion is obviously not a, uh, it's not an area of expertise. I think for any of us as fans, we don't have any training in this uh, at all. Um, so it's all guesswork, but I, I think they probably made the right call on it. Um, it's a shame because I think his absence made a big difference in this game, but you know, sometimes a guy is injured and has to be out. Uh, there's no workaround for that. Last question tonight comes from B Blair on Twitter, whose Twitter handle includes a long series of numbers I'm not going to read right now. He asks us, has TT Rodriguez shown anything to indicate he could be the long-term replacement for Lucho? Uh, I mean, for I Lucho, say- no. Go ahead, Ben. No, I mean, uh, for Lucho, no. I think uh, he's shown uh, fits and starts on, on the wing. Uh he has scored some ridiculous goals, and I think he could turn into a, a very good wing contributor uh, if he comes just a little more uh, steady. But for Lucho, I don't think he's shown anything so far that uh, would lead me to believe he could be a Lucho replacement. Um, the The difference between the wing and, and central midfield is a lot, and he, he's just gotten a little out of it in games recently and not uh not engaged on both sides of the ball. So I I, I don't see a Lucho replacement at this point. 
that last point is is where I would center on because when when Lucho gets the ball in the middle of the the park and he 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 has shown he can he can pass it um even if he hasn't created as many key passes as we would like he can dribble guys he can be aggressive in that middle part of the field which is what you need if you're replacing lucho which hopefully we don't have to do but if it comes to that um it's his kind of willingness to to allow the game to happen around him as opposed to, to taking it uh, kind of taking the game and, and making it his own. He he's not a ball dominant player. Lucho at his best is a, a high usage player, which not all number tens are some number tens w- only want to touch the ball for that final pass. Lucho needs to be involved in the buildup and, and everything for him to, to really get into the game. And, and Lucas Rodriguez hasn't, shown to be that same type of player, but we also haven't seen him reach the heights that Lucho has. So there've been a couple flashes where it's like, okay, I could see him being in the middle of the field, but um, for, for the way DC United system is currently designed, he's definitely not a plug and play guy because he's not as he, he doesn't need as much of the ball or, or want it seems as much of the ball as, as Lucho does. Well, I'll offer a hypothetical because I, I think I might be skewing a little more positive on this um, of the three of us. Um, I think the flashes have been there. Um, I think his skill set is suited towards being in the middle, maybe a little more than the wing. Um, we haven't seen him play in a situation where he has to be the guy or even the second guy. Um, he's been complimentary. He has been having to sort of take a back seat to Lucho and to Rooney. Um, If Lucho leaves this summer, which who knows if that's going to happen, it's still possible, um, which is probably something we should be maybe more concerned with because that could happen real quickly. I I think we've brought it up a lot. Uh, I was scarred uh, in the winter of how quickly things moved with that um, PSG interest. Um, If that happens quickly, he's going to have to come over uh, most likely because right now the way the roster is comprised, you know, with all due respect to Quincy Ameriqua, you're probably not going to start him up front and drop Rooney. And I've people have made that suggestion. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. So um, I think we haven't seen the best of Rodriguez in part because I think maybe he is more of a central player uh, than he is a winger. And maybe he's in sort of a, you know, I can do this, but it's not my best. It's sort of like Ariola having to play right back. Um, but it's theoretical because we don't have any real track record with it. We've seen him play sort of central when they played the three, the three, four, one or three, four, two, one. Um, but it's not the same thing as him being underneath Rooney with two guys on the wings who are trying to compliment him. He's having to do the complimenting and maybe that's not how he wants to play. Um, I also think right now, He's one of these guys that it's sort of like when a striker is snake bit in front of goal. They just need something to go right. I think Rodriguez would benefit from a stupid goal or some sort of trash goal where, you know, Rooney takes a shot and it hits Rodriguez in the knee and goes in instead and he can claim it. Um, or, you know, the goalkeeper, spill. you know, maybe Orlando's goalkeeper spills a rebound that for no good reason and TT just has to tap it in. Um, I think he could use something like that right now um, because I think, a big reason why the last month or so has been so flat from him is just, he's frustrated with how things are going. Um, I think a lot of it is mood and confidence rather than 
um, ability. But, you know, I want to see him play in the middle before I actually start making any real statements on it because we don't know what he looks like in the middle because Lucho has been able to play, which is good. Um, but it also leaves us without much prep time in case he suddenly is out the door. I think that's it for, for this week's show. Thank you all for listening. Uh, find us at blackandredunited.com. If you want to support us financially, patreon.com slash filibuster is the way to do that. We appreciate every dang penny. Um, Find us on Twitter at filibusterdcu, at blackandredu, plus all our personal accounts. Send your emails to filibusterpodcast at gmail.com. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. I'm told ratings and reviews are very important. but uh, so, so obviously, if you feel like doing that, please do. Um, but uh, please tell a friend about the show. That's, the, that's what I really want you guys to do. So please spread the word. For Jason and Ben, I'm Adam, and we'll talk to you again real soon. Say goodbye, Jason. Those are good, Shandy said. <laughs> <laughs>